0: Welcome to Animal Cafe, where you'll hear weekly interviews with experts and enthusiasts working to better the lives of animals, and a monthly segment reviewing fun, fabulous, and useful products for your pets. Check our website, animalcafe.co, for
1: more. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Animal Cafe. This is Lori Houston, your veterinary correspondent, and I'm here today with Deb Barnes. Deb is a blogger, author, and animal advocate. She's here today to talk with us more about feral cats and specifically the feral cat colony at Lowe's Hotel. Why don't we start out by talking a little bit about Lowe's and the feral cat colony's history there and what's going on there now. Okay, well, um, for the, the Lowe's colony, I first heard about them back in January to a
0: friend of mine who manages the colony of cats called Riverfront Cats Miami, and uh, basically she found out that a colony of approximately 20 cats on the Lowe's property, there are actually three properties, but uh, we focus primarily on the Portofino location. But anyhow, we found out that these cats that have been there since approximately 2004 were going to be... Um, trapped and brought to a shelter, and naturally that caused a lot of uh, concern and outpouring from cat advocates, and um, this all started, like I said, back in 2004, there was a bellman named George Ricci, and he actually started out at the Royal Pacific location, and he had found a kitten and subsequently found a home for it, and through... Further research, he noticed that there were quite a few other cats on the property, and he took it upon himself to research uh, TNR, and he contacted Care Mind in Orlando, and they taught him how to trap and manage these cats. He got them spayed and neutered. He fed them, and he took complete responsibility for these cats on his own. So these cats were very well respected, very well taken care of, but most importantly, They were managed, so the population was not escalating. He kept it all under control. At the end of 2011, it came as quite a surprise when all of a sudden management decided that they didn't want the cats on the properties any longer, and that's how we found out about the situation and decided that we needed to do something about it. At that point, the, the cat advocates, we got a little crazy about it. We started getting on Facebook and blogging and things of that nature. And it caused such an uproar that we made the USA Today, and at that point Lowe's decided to back off, and they decided to relocate the cats instead. Um, The only problem problem is, with feral cats, relocation is extremely detrimental to their well-being, so that was another cause for us to fight. And several months had gone by, until recently, uh, last weekend, The most recent decision uh, was to actually trap the cats. They very quietly swept it under the rug. They posted a note on Facebook that they had decided to trap the cats. They brought in a company called Critter Control. And um, for the past few days now, these poor cats are, quite frankly, very cruelly and inhumanely being trapped. We're finding them bloodied uh, with urine on them, just in very bad shape, skin and bones. They haven't been fed since last week. Hotel employees, their jobs are being threatened. So it's a very serious situation right now.
1: There are some pictures of some of the trapped cats on the Facebook page I was looking at a little bit earlier. Yeah, some of them look pretty pretty ragged
0: yeah and you know again it has to be said that these cats were were very well managed they were very well taken care of at no expense to the hotel and because of that they were healthy Uh, they were not skin and bones they had no diseases they were vaccinated sterilized they posed no threats whatsoever to any guest there's never been a single registration of complaint that any guest has been hurt by a feral cat Uh, they were actually kept away from the guest area. They had their own feeding stations. Little houses were built for them. The crux of the issue is, you know, that Lowe's hotels claim to be pet-friendly. So, of course, that's been us cat advocates. That's been our our call to rally. How do you call yourself a pet-friendly hotel if this is how you're treating these animals? And, of course, they're going to say they're not truly a pet, which, of course, those of us that love animals would say otherwise. They're a pet of the community. That's all It's just that they're an outdoor pet and not an indoor
1: pet. Let's just back up for a few minutes, Deb, and and talk a little bit about feral cats because I think there's a lot of misconception among people who don't know too much about this subject about what exactly a feral cat is. I think a lot of people sort of think of them as sort of a wild version of of, uh, a pet cat, and they're a little bit different than that, aren't they, Deb?
0: Uh, actually, they are, and truthfully, I I was one of those people with misconceptions. I, I had heard of feral cats, but I honestly really didn't know what they were, how are they different from a stray cat, how are they different from a pet cat. And it turns out that a feral cat is a cat that has almost no interaction with human beings, uh, very little social interaction, if any. They were typically born outside. Um and they cannot be socialized. They, they live outside, and that's where they want to be. Uh, they might actually have caretakers that are responsible for them, but that's strictly for feeding. They're not picking them up. They're not cuddly cats. They don't want to be petted. Uh, they just basically respect you if you respect them, and they really don't want to approach you or um, interact with you. Now, a stray cat, actually is a cat that might have had human interaction, human interaction at one point. Uh, they might have been dumped on the street or abandoned. They might have become lost. And because of that, as time goes on, their human interaction has lessened, and they might actually turn feral. But the difference between the feral and the stray, a, a stray cat could possibly be readopted because they might actually remember the social interaction and you might actually be able to find a home for them at some point. Uh, really, the only feral cats that can be adopted are kittens. If you find a litter of kittens in time, you should be able to find homes for them uh, with no problem.
1: And you mentioned the, the interaction between people. It's not very likely that these feral cat. I mean, they actually tend to run away from people. They don't look for interaction, so they're not they're not likely to attack a person unprovoked or anything like that, are they, Deb? They're not really a danger to people, are they? They would never
0: attack um, a stranger because, like I said, they you you can't approach them. They won't let that happen. Um, I actually visited Christine's colony of cats, and um, I I was quite pleasantly shocked at what I saw. These cats were um, absolutely as healthy as can be and happy, and just happy to to be where they were, and I very respectfully kept my distance. Um, I was able to get probably within, oh, probably 10 feet of them, but... It wasn't like they were running up to me and rubbing against my legs. Um, I, I couldn't touch any of them. And Christine has been managing them for several years and just recently maybe has been allowed to touch one or two of them, but that took a long, long time. And even she understands to respect that, and she's not picking them up, not bringing them home, she's not trying to make them a pet, but yes, no, never an attack, especially a child, and that's one of the claims that Lowe's has made, is that they're concerned that these cats will attack children. Um, If a child is running towards a feral cat, I can guarantee you that feral cat is going to run, and that, that kid will never, ever come even 10 foot close to it.
1: You talked a little bit earlier about TNR. Uh, Maybe we should talk about what TNR is, how it works, and and how well it controls the population of cats in a given area.
0: TNR is actually one of the most effective ways to manage cat populations. And um, the beautiful thing about it is we know it works. We don't have to do further studies. We don't need to invest more money in figuring out what it is. Uh, You uh, would contact a local organization, I mean, anywhere you live, you should be able to find someone that can help you out. But if not, you can go to places online like Alley Cat Alley's uh, and, and they'll direct you or Six Nation of Los Angeles. There's a huge amount of people that are willing to help you um, help these cats. And they'll give you the traps for free. You borrow them. They teach you how to use them. Uh, once the cat is humanely trapped, it's brought to a clinic or uh, shelter or a uh, a veterinary clinic, and they are spayed or neutered and given shots, vaccinations. Um, once again, lessening any of the the misconceptions and fears about diseases and things like that. And uh, then the cats do something uh, which is called um, ear tipping, where so they clip a little piece off of the left ear so that it's a universal symbol so that if anyone were to encounter this cat again on the streets, they would see that it's already been sterilized and that they could leave it alone. So subsequently what happens then, of course, is the cat is now less aggressive. Uh, it lessens all of the um, possibility of spraying and urine odors, things like that. Um, there's less fighting. And the cats tend to manage their own colonies. It's a very territorial So because they can't mate, they bond with one another. They protect their area. They don't let other cats in. These other cats form their own colonies that need to be managed. So it's extremely effective. The only other thing, though, that's really important, after the the cats are neutered and returned, we've now added the letter M, as in Michael, for the word manage, so that you're trapping, neutering, returning, and managing. Uh, Without managing... You have no way of knowing if there's new cats coming onto the territory. You have no way of knowing if a cat is sick. These caretakers across the country have taken it upon themselves to manage these colonies and keep them under control.
1: Let's talk pretty frankly about what's likely to happen to these cats from Lowe's once they're trapped. And I believe they're about halfway through trapping them right now. Is that correct, Deb? They've trapped Um, maybe eight or nine of them that we're aware of? Might not be
0: that many, but yeah, it's close to that. Um, Right now we've been very very blessed. Like I said, the people at um, Care Feline TNR have been extremely helpful to our cause and uh, the Orange County Animal Services also has been kind to us and they've actually been notifying us when the cats are brought to um, Orange County Animal Services and we just send out a massive bulletin, and these cats have been intercepted. But the problem is, like I just said to you, what do we do with them now that we've got them? They really ideally uh, need to be on the Lowe's property. Feral cats should not be relocated. It's, it's extremely dangerous to their health and their well-being. So, you know, we, we saved them in one way, but now we've got to figure out a plan B. Um, but, but if we did not have this network of friends helping us, they would be uh, most certainly put to death almost instantly. Practically 100% of feral cats that are trapped and brought to animal control facilities are euthanized. Because they are not deemed adoptable, these animal control places feel that just keeps the population down,
1: and that's how they handle it. So these cats are still without a home, relocating them. Essentially, that's dangerous because they're going to try to get back to the home that they know. Is that correct,
0: Deb? It's absolutely correct. Cats are completely instinctual and completely territorial. Like I said, they've been there since 2004, so this is it. They don't know any different, and if you bring them somewhere else, they're going to try to find a way back. They'll probably get hit by a car. They could get eaten by a predator. Uh, they, they won't have food sources any longer. Um, they could get um, uh, diseases. Uh, all sorts of very bad elements are out there to hurt them. Um, really, the ideal solution is to keep them on property and to respect the fact that they've been managed and to just leave them alone. But since that doesn't seem to be um, a possibility at the moment, it, it's not a matter of finding them a good home because you can't bring them into a home. They 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 go crazy. They, they you know they become a little wild. They become aggressive. They are um, like you know, it, a house to them is like living in a trap cage, and they don't like it and they don't want it.
1: So they really can't be tamed. They're not. They're never going to make a good pet cat for someone to, you know, to bring into their house and expect to sit on their lap and be able to pet them and that type of thing. That's just not going to happen. Oh, it's not. In the event that someone does want to help you, um, you know, try to help these cats, what should they do, Deb? Where should they right go? Right off
0: the bat, the easiest and quickest way we set up a page on Facebook called Save Lowe's Cats. So that's S-A-V-E-L-O-E-W-S-C-A-T-S. And we update it constantly. Uh, We are just constantly telling people. uh, We give them suggestions for Twitter posts. Um, We've got press releases, photos. We encourage them uh, with phone numbers and emails as to how they can send their own words of concern to Lowe's management. We encourage them to write their own blog post. The best thing they can do, Lori, is to not, you know, don't not do anything. Every little bit is helpful.
1: So it's sort of one of those deals where one little voice isn't going to make a great deal of difference, but a whole lot of little voices all added up together maybe can make a difference.
0: It makes a huge difference. Like I said, this all started a couple months ago with my girlfriend uh, Christine from Riverfront Cats. She just put a plea out for help, and it was kind of a little trickle of response, and then all of a sudden the momentum just went crazy. Uh, We really thought we were getting somewhere with it, and, um, you know, unfortunately, like I said, Lowe's kind of discreetly put their decision uh, on a little note on Facebook and swept it under the rug, but we caught wind of it. And once we did and we set up this Facebook page, we literally went from – a handful of fans to close to 1,500 of them in a couple days. So, yeah, um, everybody can help make a difference.
1: And uh, your friend uh, Christine with Riverfront Cats, um, she has a a website also. Maybe we should give the URL for that. Yeah, that's
0: uh, www.riverfrontcats.com.
1: Anything else that uh, that you'd like to say, Deb, before we sign off?
0: No, no, other than, you know, I hope that people will be inspired by my passion and make it their own passion to learn a little more and to help spread the word. And, um, you know, my ultimate goal, I guess, would be actually to start really um, teaching the youth about proper pet care and um, staying and neutering and pet responsibility and connecting dots with them. You know, there's 17 million cats on the streets and in shelters, and that's today. And, you know, that's a huge number. And a lot of these cats are never going to see the light of day, and then there's going to be new cats that are born, and they keep replacing the numbers. So unless our, our youth understands that they are the, the springboard to making a difference, then these numbers can't go away. It's just too much. So um, I'm really excited. That's my new thing now is that I plan on, on trying to really work with the younger generation.
1: And where can people find you, Deb, uh, your Z and Zoe blog? Um, I
0: have a, a website and a blog. So if you're interested in the book, that's at Z dot com, and uh, I also have a blog at wwwv dot com backslash blog and um, this is another interesting thing I wrote this book uh, last year it's about my cat I have a Maine Coon and a Bengal and they had a litter of kittens And I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't know, again, as an educated woman who's loved cats her whole life, that a cat could get pregnant. I thought a cat had to be at least a year old, and I was wrong. So I accepted responsibility for that, and um, these cats have inspired me in ways I never thought possible. They got me through a very rough time in my life, and um, as a consequence, I followed my dream to write this book. But it just brings me back to the point, if I can keep learning, other people can too. And that's really what it's all about. Lessons learned and just trying to be good, responsible human beings.
1: And your book is beautifully illustrated. It's a wonderful book, Deb. Even
0: dog lovers, I've been told, enjoy the book.
1: So that's good news. I'm sure. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Deb. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, Lori. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Animal Cafe. Please join us again next week for another fun and informative edition. Thank you. Have a great week.